We are in charge of our attitude. It is more important than the past, than education, than circumstances, than failure. Josh here with Heavenly Pizza. All day today, all of the money that comes into the shop is given to the employees. It's for our Employee Appreciation Day. We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. To welcome to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio Network, I'm your host, Walker Wildman. And if you like that intro there, it's here to stay at 1.05 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday here on the American Family Radio Network. Once again, my name is Walker Wildman, and I'm your host here of AFA at the Core. And for those of you uh, who are regular listeners to American Family Radio, you've heard of my show, AFA at the Core, each Saturday here on the network. And so we're going to be here during this time slot for the foreseeable future, hopefully the long term, uh, AFA at the core will be here from one to two o'clock central on American Family Radio. Glad to have you guys with us uh, listening on on our AFR app, on our website, AFR.net, and on all of our FM radio stations across the country. Before I jump in to a few housekeeping items, I want to introduce uh, my, my, my producers here, Jeff Reed. Jeff, uh, good job on the intro there, brother. Thank you. Yeah, so Jeff's been working on that intro for the last couple of days, pretty heavy on it. So uh, a great job on the intro, the AFA at the core intro. And Bobby's running the board for us. Bobby? Always good to be here. Thank yes, sir. Re- regular voices on the network. Bobby Rosa and Jeff Reed will be my producers here for the show AFA at the core. And uh, those of you who listened intently there to that opening, uh, one of those voices was my grandfather. Don Wildman, one of those voices was my grandfather, Don Wildman, talking about how God has not necessarily called us to be successful, but he has called us to be faithful. And that's what we're going to do here on the show. We're going to be faithful to God's word, most importantly, and we're going to be faithful to the core values of American Family Association. And that's what we're here to do is to highlight the issues that God cares about and bring some biblical truth to them on the airwaves. Before I jump in uh, to really the news of the day, uh, I want to read a a statement I put together myself here a couple hours ago to address the elephant in the room, which many of you are thinking about. Uh, Where is Brian Fisher? Where is Focal Point? Uh, Many people have been asking the same questions. Uh, But most of you are aware, many of you, if not all of you, are aware that this time slot on AFR used to belong to Brian Fisher of Focal Point. Brian was an excellent host, and he served our listeners very well for 12 years. And, and for those of you who don't know, I actually worked under Brian for several years in high school and uh, early days of college. During the summer, I would, um, would sit in with Jeff and Rob Gardner and the team of Focal Point. It goes, it goes back even before Bobby's days here at AFR. And up until last week, you know, I really wasn't planning on hosting a show weekdays. Uh, my, my title here at AFA is Vice President of Operations. I'm also a public policy analyst. So as you can imagine, <laughs> my plate is pretty full. 
I'm a, a dad to three boys, and my wife, I'm a husband to Lexi, my wife. So I do not uh, lack activities. I do not lack responsibilities <laughs> uh, for my life. So I really wasn't planning on doing a weekday show. I really wanted to wait a couple years down the road, and that was my personal preference. Um, but this slot uh, came available about two weeks ago, and so the discussions began about what are we going to put in this slot. And so it was brought uh, to me when I met with some of our team members here that they thought AFA at the core would be a, be a good uh, show to put in this slot. And so here we are. I'm excited about it. And just to be clear, um, Brian's departure, the focal point departure from AFR, and my show coming on the air are not related in any way other than the simple fact that the slot became available and there needed to be a show to go in this slot. Um, uh, up until this time last week, really, I wasn't even, as I mentioned, planning to do a show. Um, so those two are not related in any way uh, behind the decision-making. Uh, but here we are. I'm excited, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to be on American Family Radio during the week. And my prayer, my sincere prayer, is that God would use me to speak truth to our culture. So that's what I'm here to do. And uh, I'll get it wrong every once in a while, hopefully not often, and when I do, uh, I'll fess up to it because we're all humans. We all make mistakes. We all misspeak and get things wrong at, wrong at times. So uh, my prayer also is that I'll, ha I'll have humility during this time slot on the network. That brings me to our verse of the week. Our verse of the week is out of Matthew, Matthew 4.4. 4. And just uh, for context here, I'm going to read beginning at verse 1 in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter, the devil, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so my encouragement to you today is that we would genuinely live off the Word of God, that the Word of God would breathe life and feed us spiritually, uh, feed us to where every, everything we do each day, whether it be in our, our, our uh, as Abe calls it, our part-time jobs uh, during the daytime, um, whether it be during our full-time job as as husbands, as wives, as, as, as brothers, as sisters, as sons, as daughters, I pray that, that God's Word would just drive us in everything that we do, and it would be our true uh, guiding uh, light in everything that we do. So Matthew 4.4 will be our memory verse, our scripture verse for the week here on AFA at the core. If you're interested in the core values of AFA, we'll be sure to post a link to that on our podcast page at AFR.net. And as you know, there are many ways to keep up with the show. Our website, AFR.net, you have the AFR app, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Parlor. And if I'm not mistaken, Jeff, we've got the show live streaming on Facebook. Tell our listeners a little bit about yes, that. We have uh, not only on the AFR Facebook page, we have the live stream uh, going there, but now also to the American Family Association Facebook page. And I haven't checked it yet but i think we got it done just in time that to the afa at the core youtube page so there's all those options available and we're still working on more excellent good job jeff appreciate that brother uh mm -hmm. so we're, we're live streaming on the afr facebook page you can go there and watch the show 
You know, I had an interesting Twitter exchange this weekend. Uh, it's a pretty brief exchange. Not much, not much positive interactions. Not many positive interactions necessarily come from social media, especially when you're talking with someone who just fundamentally disagrees with your viewpoint. But I decided to kind of exchange some conversation with a fella on on Twitter on my Twitter account, and it was the the the, the basis of the discussion was when. The question was, when does human life begin? <laughs> because my weekend show, that this my last weekend show that I had Saturday, I covered this story about how the state of California really values the lives of animals more than they do the lives of humans. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the next segment. And so this is a, this is a fundamental question of life. The question, when does life begin? And there's been court cases about it. Uh, right now, the, the, the Christians are trying to overturn Roe versus Wade and, and make, make abortion outlawed in America. That is the, the number one goal. Abortion is a terrible sin and stain on this country. Just like slavery was a terrible sin and stain on this country. But when you look up, you know, the Democrats always talk about following the science, right? We've got to follow the science, whatever the CDC says. Well, I just did a little bit of research, and this is nothing. This is not news to many of you, but I went to the Cleveland Clinic. The Cleveland Clinic is very reputable on their medical research, on their medical studies, on their publications. And I just looked up on the Cleveland Clinic website, when does life begin? And I found this very extensive outline of fetal development, the development of a child. And even the Cleveland Clinic, I don't know their history, when they were founded, who they were founded by, but pretty much they're a secular medical group. And they admit life begins at conception. They outline it page after page after page. Listen to this. The start of pregnancy, this is reading from the Cleveland Clinic, the start of pregnancy is actually the first day of your last menstrual period. This is called the gestational age or the menstrual age. It's about two weeks of ahead of when conception actually occurs. Listen to this. Even before actual conception occurs, the doctors consider that a child. Though it may seem strange, this is reading directly from the Cleveland Clinic, though it may seem strange, the date of the first uh, uh, the, the date of the first day of your last period uh, will be an important date when determining your baby's due date. Your healthcare provider will ask you about this date and will use it to figure out how far along you are in your pregnancy. Moving on, one other important highlight from this is something called the HCG hormone. It's a hormone. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. You can read read about it for yourself. But from the moment of conception, this this hormone, the HCG hormone, will be present in your blood. From the moment of conception, this hormone that is indicative of human life in the womb is present in your bloodstream from the moment of conception. This hormone, the CG hormone is created by the cells 
that form the placenta, and the placenta is a food source for your unborn child. It is also the hormone detected in pregnancy tests. Even though this hormone is there from the very beginning, even before conception, it takes time for it to build within your body. It typically takes three to four weeks from the first date of your last period uh, for this hormone to be shown on a pregnancy test. Uh, so this is this is fascinating. It's it's people say, well, yeah, I mean, I, I've known that Walker, but just to read scientific literature that affirms what God's word says. God's word says that that from conception God knows us. Even before we are conceived, God knows our name. He knows every hair on our head. And so when discussing this overall issue of life, of human life, of, of how valuable it is to God, about how we're all created in the image of God, we cannot forget that the science is on our side. The science is clear that human life begins at conception. And so I'll post this link uh, to the Cleveland Clinic on my podcast page at AFR.net, the AFA at the core podcast page. It's, it's called Fetal Development Stages of Growth. And there's nothing in here that contradicts what God's Word says about human life, about when life begins. And, you know, just being a father and experiencing this myself, I can personally say I have three boys. Uh, one of them's four. The other, the twins are two years old. Um, but when, I, when we go into the doctor, when I go into the doctor with my wife, on all three of those pregnancies, really two pregnancies, three children, but when, when I would go in with my wife to the doctor for the first visit, I'm talking six to eight weeks into the pregnancy, we would go in to the doctor. I, I know this, viv- I remember this vividly. At eight weeks and two days, my child, their arms were already beginning to develop. They had a heartbeat at 164 beats per minute. The head was developing, the arms were developing, and the lower body was beginning to develop. Research shows that that the heart chamber begins developing at three to four weeks. At eight weeks and two days, I saw my child's arms, lower body, head, heart beating strong. That's before many women even know they're pregnant. So God's word is true. Life begins at conception, and we need to embrace that. We'll be back. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines socialism as an economic system in which the means of production are owned and controlled by the state. The distribution of goods are controlled by the state. It is a system where there is no private property. A stage of society, in Marxist theory, transitional between capitalism and communism. American socialists put the descriptor democratic in front of socialism because they hope to persuade you to vote for the elimination of private property. Make no mistake, socialism is socialism. There is no kinder, gentler form of it. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, 
public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Richard Land, President Emeritus of Southern Evangelical Seminary and the host of Bringing Every Thought Captive. Last time I was with you, I shared with you the alarming news that while 86% of our general population was proud or very proud to be American, only 35% of 18 to 24-year-olds were extremely proud or very proud to be American. In fact, young people, 18 to 24, were three times less likely to be proud of being American and more than twice as likely as the general public of not being at all proud of being American. How did this happen? One major factor has been the gradual introduction of critical race theory in our public schools. It has been percolating and simmering under the surface in our colleges and our education schools and in our public schools for several years. Obviously, it has had a very negative impact on the most recent graduates of our public schools. Now it's out in the open. The National Education Association has made it a goal to have CRT taught in every elementary school, middle school, high school in the country. And it teaches that if you're white, you're racist, and American society was founded on slavery and is evil and needs to be taken apart and put back together. This is nothing less than revolutionary talk in trying to turn our young people through the public schools into revolutionaries. We must all work to stop this at the local level, at the school board level, at the district level, at the state level, at the national level. We need to all band together and say, this is going to stop. It has to stop. And I don't care whether you have children in the public schools or grandchildren in the public schools or not. It's your civic duty to keep our future citizens from being brainwashed against their own country. And it's time to get involved and it's time to get involved now. I encourage every one of you to find out what's going on in your local community and get involved in the public schools in your community to make sure they're not teaching this poison. This is Richard Land. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net. You can listen live. Also catch past shows there at our website, AFR.net. This story that I wanted to get to last segment, but as you know, the stories go too long. So here we are, second segment of AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. The, 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 the story of Bruce Jenner has been percolating in, in, in so, on social media and the mainstream news outlets for several months now, honestly several years. But ever since Bruce Jenner really announced that he is running for, May, um, I'm sorry, governor of California, Back several months ago, then that the, he has been appearing on Fox News and all these other networks, and so I wanted to address that because I, I, some conservatives, some Christians, uh, broadcasters, and and commentators have addressed this, um, but many aren't because I don't know whether they view it as an uncomfortable topic or they don't know which side of the issue they're going to fall on. So I'm going to spend some of this segment talking about Bruce Jenner. And if you've recognized, I'm not calling him by his preferred name. I am calling him by his biological name, by the name that he went for for decades, and that is Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner uh, ha- went, went, did a, a speech back in, chi- in Chicago back in 2015, and I pulled this clip 
because this is this is important. This is important because some people in the Republican Party in the conservative movement are trying to embrace Bruce Jenner as an ally in the conservative movement. Doesn't that sound bizarre? I mean, Bruce Jenner is running as, quote, Caitlyn Jenner on the Republican Party ticket in California for the governor's mansion. This needs to be addressed. And the real overarching topic here and question is, does Bruce Jenner have a have a leadership role in the Republican Party? Should Bruce Jenner have a leadership role within the conservative movement and more broadly, the Republican Party? I'm going to play this clip. This is clip one. This is Bruce Jenner, who goes by Caitlyn Jenner in 2015 at a at a nonprofit fundraiser, the Chicago House fundraiser luncheon and listen to Bruce Jenner talking about what he used to do with his daughter's clothes years and years ago. Let's listen. One daughter was stealing the other daughter's clothes. Okay, so she set her computer up in the room and she put on that like security device so that if anybody walked in, it would videotape them. I didn't know that. So everybody's gone. I got like three or four hours. Let's try on a few things here. And all of a sudden, the kids come home, and I hear this big commotion going on in the other room. And Chris goes, uh, 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 in here. Uh, yeah, sometimes. I was very stealthy. I, I, honestly, I went all these years. I mean, I, I would go to hotels, cross this and that, and never get caught. I have to, I'm proud of that, okay? There you have it. That's at a 2015 fundraiser. That's Bruce Jenner at a 2015 fundraiser bragging about how he used to cross-dress and how he used to wear his daughter's clothing in their home. And folks, this is this is a very tough topic, and that's why people aren't talking about it. This is a very uncomfortable topic. But Bruce Jenner has serious issues. Bruce Jenner has serious identity issues. And from my knowledge, I don't believe Bruce Jenner is a believer in Jesus Christ for salvation. I think Bruce Jenner is very disturbed and needs help. I genuinely do. And so what I'm talking about here is not whether Bruce Jenner uh, deserves help, not whether he should have a, a part in society, any of that. I'm talking about does Bruce Jenner, now called Caitlyn Jenner, does he deserve a role as a Republican Party leader? And I believe the answer to that is absolutely not. And here's why. And this is what the Republican Party notoriously struggles with. They try to embrace conservatives and evangelicals like myself. They, the Republican Party, they kowtow to us. They do all the language, you know, evangelicals. But many in the Republican Party leadership do not firmly believe in absolute moral truth. They don't. Some of them may be believers. But those leading the Republican Party, I'm talking about the RNC and others. Some of them have no set moral 
guiding system. They have no set moral code. As to where you and I look at Scripture, we look at God's Word, and that's where we get our morals from. That's where we get our ethics from. That's where we get our decision-making from. Is this right? Is this wrong? We look to God's Word. And my warning here, and this is not a new warning, but if the Republican Party continues to be led astray and continues to allow secular forces who have no set moral value system to take roles, leadership roles in the Republican Party, in not too long, the Republican Party will be just where the Democrats are. And that is with no God, with no value system, and moving and swaying to the whims and, 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 the, and the waves of culture. And that's why when you see these headlines and you see these studies where it says, you know, 70% of Americans approve of homosexual marriage, 70% of Americans oppose critical race theory being taught to their kids, Th- that's good. It's, it's indicative of where the culture is. But we don't need to be making political decisions, policy decisions, based on surveys. Either something is right or something is wrong. I don't care whether 70% of Americans approve of homosexual, quote, marriage. That's okay. That shows that our culture is really not in a good place. But that's not news either. But we shouldn't let surveys and research drive policymaking at the national level. Policies should be driven based on absolute truth, based on an absolute fixed moral code and we know that code comes from God and so I'm waving the flag to the Republican Party if it's not too late you better turn that ship around and you better figure out where you get your Republican Party platform from where those values come from because if they're just coming from people who are call themselves conservatives but they don't even believe in God that party any party is going to go all over the place they're going to go whatever, whatever is popular, whatever makes people feel good, and that's the exact same place that the Democrat Party is. So the Republican Party historically has been a very good party, and their platform was written by people we trust. Tony Perkins at FRC, many others had a, had a key role in the 2016 development of that platform, and I commend them from that, and we need Christians developing that platform. But we equally need people who run as Republicans to abide by that platform. Because that's our issue here. We have a great platform. Republicans have a great platform. There's biblical truth spoken in that platform. But there are candidates across the country who are running as Republicans who don't believe half of the truths that are in that platform. And if you want to run as an independent or you want to run whatever, don't run as a Republican. If you don't believe in the platform, don't run as a Republican. So that's my warning out there for the Republican Party. They better turn that ship around, and they better realize where our values come from. Our values as evangelicals come from the Word of God. And if they want to stray from that, they're putting the vote of, of millions. I'm not exaggerating. Millions of evangelicals, uh, they will find somewhere else to cast their vote. 
other than the Republican Party, if all the Republican Party is going to do is waver on the key moral issues that we care about. Uh, shifting gears to another topic I wanted to bring up, uh, similar to the uh, to the Bruce Jenner topic, and that is the VA Veterans Affairs uh, entity, federal agency. Uh, they head up uh, much of the, uh, all of the Veterans Affairs uh, healthcare system, uh, mental healthcare system, all of that is run by the VA. And so they have a secretary, this this federal agency, the VA uh, Department of Veterans Affairs has a, has a secretary, uh, which is obviously appointed by President Biden. Uh, but one thing they announced that they're going to do, and this is this is this was in dis- in discussions in planning under President Obama. President Trump thankfully put a halt on it. Now the Biden administration is picking it back up, but it's these transgender surgeries. With the bill being footed by the taxpayer, by the VA, these transgender surgeries for military members and uh, and former military members, veterans. And the story here out of PJ Media is more about uh, the cost here that would be incurred by the VA should they adopt this. And it's looking like it'll take at least 12 to 24 months to really get this program going. And... Right now, it's looking, they honestly, the the uh, director of the VA, the secretary of the VA, honestly, he even said in, in congressional testimony, he doesn't really know how much this is going to cost. It's, it's no man's land. Nobody knows how much it's going to cost because how many members are going to request this surgery? Nobody knows. I mean, you can do surveys, but you don't really know until you put a program in place. So the secretary... Um, testified that it could cost $30 million. Some some say it could cost even up to $70 million a year. The reason I bring this up is not to go tit for tat on the cost of this because that's a little bit relative, right? The real question here is, should our government, should the federal government be sponsoring and covering elective surgeries at all. More specifically, surgeries that are scientifically and medically just not good for the human body. I mean, you can do you can look at research after research, study after study about how damaging these trans these transgender surgeries are. To the human body, I mean, it really takes everything that is natural, everything that is good, everything that God designed, and it completely messes it up. And I'm putting this in very mild terms. We covered this issue in our documentary in his image. We covered it pretty vividly. And this gets back to what is what is guiding us? Where do our morals come from? And the Biden administration obviously views this as acceptable, as good. They're touting it. But our tax dollars could be going to this soon, could be going to doing these surgeries, these terrible surgeries that many people regret, cause people mental trauma, physical trauma. My case would be that our government has no right to be carrying out and encouraging these, really these mutilations, these surgeries, 
that are damaging to the human body that are not based in science. They're still experimental. And the last thing I'll say on this, and this is, this is simple. This is something we all know, but God created us, male and female. Male and female, God created us. We have no business as humans trying to change that which God created. We can't do it. You can't do it. You can't change your DNA. You are how God created you. So our best bet, and the best bet really of the government, is to if people struggle with gender identity, with their sexual identity, the best the, the best investment our government can make would be provide to provide counseling to people who are struggling with this. That's the best bet. That would be your best investment is to provide counseling to people struggling with this and not counseling that is necessarily affirmative. But I'm talking about counseling that is based on truth. And that is we all should embrace our biological sex. We all should embrace how God designed us. That is the best route forward here. We do not need to be subsidizing uh, gender dysphoria, subsidizing these surgeries that many, many, many people will regret, according to the research. Shifting gears here, I want to talk about this Loudoun County story. You know, you've probably heard this on our network, but there's this 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 parental uprising in Loudoun County, and I absolutely love it. Th- this organic uprising in Loudoun County where parents have said they're having enough. <laughs> they're done with this. They're done with the mask on 12-year-old kids. They're done with this this remote learning where the teachers sit on Zoom all day and the parents have to pay all these taxes to go to the school district, but their kids don't get to go to school. These parents are done with it. These parents said they're fed up with critical race theory, a racist ideology being taught to their kids. And so these parents, they've started political action groups. They're fundraising. They're going to unseat. Mark my word, they're going to unseat the Loudoun County School Board, the entire school board. It doesn't get any more American than this. After the break, I'm going to play a clip. This is going to fire you up. Of this Loudoun County School Superintendent trying to brush off the concerns of parents, of taxpayers, and basically saying how he doesn't have to listen to them. We'll be back in a few minutes. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. 
We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. Thank you for standing with AFA as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. How do we change a nation? One heart at a time. The ministry of Preborn not only shares heartbeats, but shares hearts by loving women in crisis and leading them to Christ. When this mother came to a preborn center, she was scared and not sure she could afford another child. It was just a scary time for us, having my daughter, how that would impact our lives. When I came here, it was just so amazing to come to an environment where someone would actually pray for me and guide me through my battles that I was facing during that time. After receiving love, support, and the gospel of Christ, this mom chose life for her daughter. You can be a part of rescuing lives and changing hearts for Christ. For $140, sponsor five ultrasounds and you'll receive a story and pictures of babies' lives that were spared. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or go to preborn.com. Your gift is tax deductible. A Jewish proverb contains wisdom cloaked in humor. It says, With money in your pocket, you are wise, you are handsome, and you sing well, too. In other words, the richer you are, the more likely you are to hear flattering words from those who want to be your friend. The Bible warns against flattery, receiving it or speaking it. Basically, it equates flattery with deceit. A person who flatters with an ulterior motive is a deceiver, and a person who believes words of flattery is gullible and easily deceived. People are either wise, handsome, and talented, or they are not. Flattery will get us nowhere. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's honest words on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you with us. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Jumping right back in to this Loudoun County story, I'm going to play a clip here. This is clip two. This is a Loudoun County superintendent on an ABC podcast talking about, well, how he just doesn't need to listen to what the adults had to say. Let's listen. During a portion of an interview with ABC released on Friday's Perspective podcast, Dr. Scott Ziegler, the interim superintendent of the Loudoun County, Virginia Public Schools, discussed the battle over critical race theory in education and said that if he makes decisions based on what adults want or what adults need, I've missed the mark. Ziegler said, if I start making decisions based on what adults want or what adults need, I've missed the mark. Ziegler also stated that he isn't imposing an ideology on students. Rather, I'm here to do the best that I can for students. My students are telling me that they're having racially charged incidents in our schools, and that tells me I need to do something about that. Well, there you have it. That's that's a, basically an automation of what this Breitbart story said. But but in the podcast uh, that this, this, this ABC host had this podcast, and what he said is what you just heard there, but he he, he, he highlighted... And this is this this way of thinking, uh, whether it be the teachers' unions or the the educational administration side of things here in America, uh, there there is this way of thinking that is 
it kind of looks down on the parents, looks down on the taxpayers as if there's this educational system out there in America, whether it be the city level, uh, the county level, the state level, where, you know, these educators, they just know more than everybody else, right? I mean, this is what they went to school for. They've got degrees in education. They've got degrees in higher ed and K through 12 and all these different degrees and probably doctorates. And that way of thinking is actually a little more common than you might think. This, this, this thought that, well, the teachers and the administrators, they don't really have to answer to the parents, right? I mean, what do the parents know about education? <laughs> and that's what this superintendent said. He said, quote, if I start making decisions based on what adults want or what adults need, I've missed the mark, end quote. The problem here is that the parents in Loudoun County This is not what they want or what they need. These parents are looking out for the best interest of their children, the best interest of their students. These are taxpayers. These are not out-of-state crews, even though that's how a lot of the Democrats work. They they bus in out-of-state people to get things riled up. I've got example after example of that. Out-of-state money going into local politics to get the locals riled up and upset about something. These parents are upset. They don't want their kids being taught that because someone is born white, that they are inherently racist and they're inherently an oppressor simply because of their skin color. And that's what's being taught. And so this superintendent, he does have to listen to the parents. He does have to listen to the taxpayers. They do have a say about what is being taught to students in Loudoun County. And I want to encourage each and every one of you, if you have a child, and even if you don't, if you live in a city, a county, in a school district area, Go to these meetings. Even if you don't say anything, you don't even know what they're going to talk about, just go sit in these school board meetings at the county, at the city level, whatever level you're at, wherever you live. Go sit in these meetings and just listen. Just listen to what's being discussed because a lot of this is what we've got to do better at. I'll just admit, Christians, and I'm talking to myself here, Christians have to do a better job at being involved at every level of political civic engagement. And more importantly, I would say local politics, you could make a case that local politics matter more than national. What happens at the mayor level? What happens at the city council level? What happens at the at the county commissioner level? What happens at the state representative level, at the governorship? That That stuff matters. It's a big deal. Washington is notorious for stagnation. Washington is notorious for not getting anything done. And when they do get stuff done, it's bad. (laughs) And so I would encourage you, be involved at the local level. Know who's running for mayor. Know who's running, running for county commissioner. Go to these meetings. Be involved. Know what's going on. Talk to people at church. Talk to people in your community, in your neighborhood. 
And you'd be surprised at how much of a difference you can make. And I'll just have, I'll give one small example or one example. You know, the, the cities, cities have all kind of meetings. They have all kind of committees, all kind of meetings. You'd be surprised at what you can get done at one of these meetings. You go in, uh, I know one example, I've been to a meeting uh, here where I live and, and there's maybe 10 people there. You've got a committee making pretty big decisions uh, on on which direction a, the city's going to go, and you've got ten people there. You can you can pretty much do whatever you want. I mean, you've got this committee and you got people uh, uh, the, the the citizens there, um, but you if you have a good idea, you have something you want to address, something you're concerned about, you can you can do a lot of good at the local level if you would just go and be in, be engaged, uh, know what you're talking about, be prepared, be studied up and let your voice be heard. So make sure you're involved at the local level. There's this encouraging story I, story I just have to get to, and this is a clip. This is clip three. This is a pizzeria in Ohio, in uh, Findlay, Ohio, where this owner, the owner's name's Josh Elkert, Josh Elkert, E-L-C-H-E-R-T. Well, he decided he's the owner of Heavenly Pizza. This owner decided he was going to give a full day's profits from this pizza business to all of his workers let's listen to this josh here with heavenly pizza all day today all of the money that comes into the shop is given to the employees it's for our employee appreciation day we have always had the employees to operate at a sustainable level we haven't had to shut anything down or cut things off we've been extremely fortunate i posted about a week or so ago that we were having this employee appreciation day normally on mondays we do like 90 orders you know if we could push the 200 order limit that'd be pretty fantastic we'll be able to give our employees 40 or 50 dollars an hour to make pizzas today none of the money is coming back to the pizza shop all the tips all the orders anything that comes in today going directly to our employees that work today we actually had a gentleman come in over the week he wasn't going to be in town today to order so he just gave us a hundred dollars towards the employees pitching in to help heavenly pizza honor and show value and appreciation to our employees that is superbly encouraging that is super encouraging here you have a pizza owner giving a full day's profits profits he could have pocketed rightly so he's the owner he's the sole proprietor he could have pocketed those profits any day of the week that's his right he decided to, to give up those profits and pass them on to his workers, putting his workers that day making about 40 to 50 bucks an hour. Uh, this is so encouraging. And the reason I wanted to bring this in, not only is it an encouraging story, but if, if you're a business owner out there, you're a manager, you're a boss, you're a CEO, you're a sole proprietor, you started your own company, um, good for you, number one. Good for you. I wish you success. But make sure to appreciate your employees. Because employee morale goes a long way. And I can say that firsthand here at AFA. And here's just one, one sentence, one quote I want to leave this story with. This uh, owner, Josh Elkert, he said, uh, quote, you can have the best pizza in the world and you can fill that in with the best cars, the best new construction homes, whatever you want to put in there. You can have the best pizza in the world. If you have no one here to make it, it doesn't matter. And so just remember that, all you bosses out there. Um, 
<clears throat> make sure you're using your position of influence uh, and authority wisely, and make sure you're appreciating, showing appreciation uh, for your employees. Because look, this guy, this pizza owner, if you do that a couple times a year, once a year, uh, you start building camaraderie and team, a team mentality amongst his employees. And, and those guys, those people are going to stay with him. Those employees are going to stay with him uh, through thick and thin, uh, not <laughs> pun not intended there. Uh, they're going to stay with him through thick and thin. Uh, well played. That, that, that was a good one. I didn't even mean to do that. But uh, they're going to stay with him through it all, and, uh, and that's going to make him have a successful company. He's going to have success there because he's going to have a team that he values there at that pizzeria. So that's your encouraging uh, story of the day. One thing I wanted to bring up is is this story out of Fox Business. You know, we've been hearing the Biden administration and the Federal Reserve really brush off this inflation. And, and it's really been pretty bold what they've been doing because you and I, people who live out here in, in uh, flyover country, we see the the real the the reality of inflation. I mean, you look at, at at car prices, you look at home building materials, you look at even uh food materials, you look at I mean everything, flights, travel, everything. It, it's pretty much going up. I mean, I really don't know anything that hasn't gone up in price, pretty substantially. I mean, you're talking increases not not in like three to five percent. You're talking increases like tenfold, 30, 40, even over 100% rise in cost on some of these things that you and I have to have to purchase. Uh, you talk about fuel. And uh, this story out of, out of Fox Business is headlined, Americans' inflation fears reach another high as consumer prices surge. And this is, this is a direct result of Joe Biden's policies. You cannot put this anywhere else. This issue was not, at this point, under the Trump administration, even the final days of the Trump administration, this outrageous inflation, it was not at this point. There were issues, yes. There were supply issues uh, because our federal government, including the Trump administration, they were paying people to stay home. They were paying people more to stay home than they could make going to work. And that was a problem, and it still is a problem. That was under our bipartisan Congress and the Trump administration. To credit to, to, uh, to credit President Trump, former president, he was trying to phase that out. He was talking about phasing that out. That that played a large role in the supply chain issues. But here we are, eight months later, into the Biden administration, seven to eight months later, and we've got bigger issues on our hands. Uh, this inflation is hurting the little guy. It's hurting you and me. It's hurting middle America. It's hurting the blue collar middle class workers. And this is, these are the workers that the Democrats claim to care the most about, right? Democrats claim to care about the little guy, care about the lower class, care about the middle class. But it's their policies that hurt the middle class the most. And I was talking to somebody this weekend about just the price to build a home. The price to build a home. Jeff Bezos does not care whether he pays $110 a square foot or $300 a square foot. 
if you're if you're if you're making six figures, if you're making five hundred thousand dollars, and it just costs you, I don't know, an extra ten fifteen bucks a square foot, what 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 is it? What does it matter? But you you get a middle class, a lower class family who wants to build a house, and they're having to pay a hundred thousand dollars more than it would have cost them a year ago to build a home, to buy a home. That hurts the little guy. And these policies are terrible. And so, you know, Obama, I think it was Obama's chief of staff years ago that coined the phrase elections have consequences. It may have been Obama himself. The phrase election have con- elections have consequences. And that's true. That's true. Elections do have consequences. And, and anyone, any Democrat voter that shrugs this off, that is arrogant. To shrug off the, I've heard, I've heard it on on social media. I've seen it on the commentators on MSNBC. They shrug off this inflation, all these consumer price, this consumer price index and the spike. They shrug it off like it's oh well, it's just part of the, part of the system, part of capitalism. It's terrible. It doesn't have to be this way. This is self. This these are self inflicted wounds, brought to you by the Democrat Party, brought to you by the Biden administration. And there are families out there hurting because of this. And so remember that next time you go to the ballot box, elections do have consequences. And the Democrat Party, they're not the party of the little guy. Well, this has been our our debut of AFA at the core here on American Family Radio. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter and Parler. Just type in my name, Walker Wildman, on Twitter and Parler. You can follow me there. You can also follow us uh, by visiting our website, AFR.net, and downloading the AFR app. It's free on your app store, and you can listen to AFA at the core every day at your convenience here on American Family Radio. We'll see you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.